everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Lena's Quick Fit, where we'll be taking a deep dive into the world of fitness knowledge, one bite-sized episode at a time. My name is Lena Pinna, and I'll be your host and trainer, guiding you through all things fitness so that you can become your own expert and take control of your health and wellness journey. My goal is to make science-based fitness knowledge accessible to everyone, regardless of experience, time constraints, or financial resources. Whether you're just starting out on your fitness journey or looking to take it to the next level, I've got you covered. In this first episode, I'll be introducing myself as a certified personal trainer, psychology major, former national rower, and sports enthusiast. We'll explore the importance of physical activity for both physical and mental health, and why regular exercise is crucial for a happy, healthy life. Next, we'll be tackling the often overwhelming task of separating credible fitness information from the false and unscientific noise. We'll discuss the importance of science-based training and how to recognize credible sources of information so you can make informed decisions about your fitness and your life. Finally, we'll be laying the foundation for your journey by covering some basic training concepts like sets, reps, load, and more. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced fitness enthusiast, these concepts will help you build a solid foundation for your fitness journey. The information I share in each episode builds upon itself, equipping you with the tools and understanding needed to take immediate action in your life. So let's get started. Here's to your fitness journey, one quick and sweet episode at a time. Welcome to Lena's Quick Fit Podcast, the podcast that helps you become your own fitness expert. I'm your host, Lena. I'm a certified personal trainer, psychology major, former national rower, and sports enthusiast. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of physical activity and training for both physical and mental health. We're also going to discuss why regular exercise is crucial for a healthy and happy life. And we're going to go over the importance of science-based training and how to recognize credible sources of information. Lastly, we're going to cover some basic training concepts in detail, and yeah, then you'll be ready to start your training program. Okay, so let's get started. So what is the importance of physical activity and training for our physical health? Well, physical activity in general is essential for overall health and wellness. That's because regular physical activity can help to reduce the risk of chronic diseases such as heart disease, diabetes, and some forms of cancer. And physical activity can also help us improve cardiovascular health, muscle strength, flexibility, and balance. So those are just a few benefits that we get from moving our bodies regularly, and that's just for our physical health. But there's also a lot of benefits for our mental health. It has a positive impact on reducing symptoms of depression, anxiety, and stress. And it can also boost our self-esteem and improve our overall mood. Additionally, it provides a sense of accomplishment. It can really be a great way to manage stress. I can really tell you that firsthand because my stress management is definitely not the best. I really have a hard time dealing with stress. So for me, training is the number one way of reducing my stress level and kind of just doing something for myself to make myself feel good. So considering the things that I just covered, I'm guessing you could probably conclude why regular exercise is crucial for a healthy and happy life. First of all, it's crucial for helping us maintain a healthy weight and preventing obesity, which then again can lead to a lot of those physical diseases that we talked about just before. Exercise can also help improve sleep and increase energy levels and reduce fatigue, which kind of all goes hand in hand because if you sleep better, you'll have more energy. And if you sleep better, you'll most likely be less fatigued. 
lastly, regular physical activity can also improve just our overall quality of life because it helps us boost our mood and increase our feelings of happiness and self-accomplishment. Okay, I think it's time to get into some of the more detailed information about training. Specifically, I think it's important to talk about science-based training. Because when it comes to exercise and physical activity, it's really, really essential to base your training on sound scientific principles. There's so much information out there, and a lot of the information that you'll get online is coming from individuals that may not even be certified to give that out that information from individuals that are really just trying to get your money. And and not trying to benefit you, which we all don't want. Like I just said, there's a lot of sources of information available and a lot of them are sadly not credible or based on scientific evidence. There's way too many programs out there that definitely do not take into account individuals' fitness level, their background, you know, even their mental health, which can be really detrimental when you're starting out, especially if you're a beginner. It's important to look for information from reputable sources, such as peer-reviewed scientific journals and organizations like the American College of Sports Medicine, which is a great source, which I personally like to take a lot of my information from when I'm looking into making a new training program or looking into various forms of exercise. Additionally, I would ask you guys to be wary of sources that make bold claims without any supporting evidence or sources that promote fad diets or quick fix solutions. I know you you want to get to your goals and you want to achieve your goals very quickly but what's the saying the turtle wins the race and that really is true when it comes to your health and your fitness it can be hard but going slow is definitely better than going quick and being hurt in the process since we've talked a little bit about the importance of science-based training and seeding out false and unscientific information online or wherever you may collect your information and looking for and finding the good scientific information that will really help you make progress and succeed and also prevent you from falling into any traps that unprofessional individuals might have in place for you online or wherever. I thought we would start off and get into some of the first basic training concepts for today. I do want to discuss three very basic training concepts with you, which are sets, repetition, or rep, and load. These three vocabularies or basic training concepts are really the foundation for any fitness program, for, for anything that you may read online. So if you see a training plan online and you read it and you're like, what does that mean? After this episode today, you'll know how to understand and read what it means. So let's just start off with sets. So a set is a series of repetitions of a specific exercise. So for example, you might perform three sets of 12 repetitions of a bicep curl. Each set is separated by a rest period, which then usually ranges from 30 seconds to two minutes, depending on the type of exercise and your fitness level, and also on the intensity of the exercise. So for example, if you use heavier weight, then the rest period in between will most likely be closer to two minutes. And if it's the other way around, then it will be 30 seconds. So more weight, more rest, less weight, less rest. That's the general rule. Next, we'll get into repetition or rep. A repetition or a rep is a single completion of a specific exercise movement. So for example, one bicep curl would be considered one repetition and the number of repetitions in a set is usually determined by the individual's fitness goals. So by your fitness goals and also the difficulty of the exercise. For example, if you wanted to build muscle, the repetition number would be between six to eight repetitions. If you're 
your goal was to just add an element of cardio, for example, into your strength training, then you maybe would aim for a repetition range from 12 to 15 or even 15 to 20 repetitions. And then, of course, if you're more into powerlifting or really are focusing on strength, then you might want to go for one to six reps. So it really depends on your goals here. So next, we're going to look at load. What is load? Well, load refers to the amount of weight or resistance used during an exercise. So the load can be adjusted to make an exercise more or less challenging. And it's an important factor in determining the difficulty of an exercise and the number of repetitions that can be performed, as I just mentioned when we were talking about repetitions before. Increasing the load can help to increase muscle strength and endurance, while decreasing the load can help to focus on form and technique which I didn't mention before, but of course that is a benefit. So if you are a beginner and you don't have your technique down or you really are having a difficulty performing a specific exercise, it would probably be better to take some load off to have less load. So you can focus on your form and technique in the beginning until you have it down and then you can increase your weight or your load. Anyways, it's essential to understand these training concepts because it helps you design an effective and safe workout program or really find an effective and safe workout program on online. Of course, considering the whole interlude I had about scientific training and looking for good sources. Anyways, that's it for today's quick fix on Lena's Quick Fit podcast. Remember, it's important to base your training on science-based principles and to look for information from credible sources so you don't get caught up in something that you'll regret later on. Next week, I will have an engaging conversation with my boyfriend who has competed in bodybuilding competitions on a national and international level. I will ask questions about his background, his experience and knowledge in the field of training and physical fitness. I will also ask about his journey in the field and his training philosophy and what inspired him to pursue a career in fitness. Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of Lena's Quick Fit the podcast that helps you become your own fitness expert with just one bite-sized episode at a time. I'm your host, Lena. I'm a certified personal trainer, psychology major, former national rower, and sports enthusiast. Today, we will be having a chat with my boyfriend, David Hoff. David is currently pursuing his master's in cognitive neuroscience at Leiden University in the Netherlands and also works as a personal trainer at a high-class gym close to where we live. He has also competed in bodybuilding competitions on a national and international level and has been in fitness for many, many years. Today, I'm going to try to get some valuable and interesting information out of him for you all, which will hopefully benefit your training and fitness journey. But before I say anything more about Dave, I will let him introduce himself. Okay, let's get started. taking the time today to come on the podcast yeah sure it's a pleasure uh maybe you could start off by introducing yourself a little for the audience so they get to know you before we get started and i start picking your brain of course my name is david many call me dave i'm 25 years old i'm from salzburg austria and i've been in fitness for many years now um i'm really passionate about it and yeah, I've also I've competed in several bodybuilding shows and now I also work as a trainer. Nice. And um, 
you're a personal trainer, but you haven't done any certification process, uh, official certification process, right? That's right. I don't have any formal education, but I do have quite a lot of experience. Um, and how did you come to the experience? Um, I mean, I know all of this already, but uh, maybe you could kind of go into how you got into fitness and uh, how you then got into competitive bodybuilding. Okay, yeah. Um, so when I first joined the gym, they kind of like the instructors at the at the gym hooked me up with this very basic training plan, which I followed pretty consistently for the first few weeks. But yeah, of course, it wasn't that extreme. I, I went to the gym like three times a week mm -hmm. at most. So I'm guessing you followed that plan for a few weeks and then obviously eventually you started getting into um, all the fitness knowledge yourself because otherwise you wouldn't be where you are at the moment, you know, competing and bodybuilding and everything. Yeah, that's right. I, I did that plan for a few months, I think. But then I got to know this guy at the gym who was really nice and we kind of went to the gym together after that and only a few weeks later I decided to do his training plan so oh okay okay and um was the the guy that you had met there was he in bodybuilding himself or did he just do it more as a hobby as well he was just doing it as a hobby but he was he was really interested in, in professional bodybuilding. So he was he kind of like the source that got you into being interested into bodybuilding? Because, I guess so. Because bodybuilding is quite niche. I don't know if a lot of people, I mean, now maybe more than a few years ago, but I don't really know of many people in my friend circle that <laughs> are, into, onto, are into bodybuilding since it's really, I mean, yeah, you really have to like it, I feel. It is pretty niche, I agree. Yeah, and do you think that has a specific reason? Do you think that it's not so much in the public domain because of certain stigma surrounding it and the negativity surrounding it? Because you do hear uh, about a lot of uh, steroid use in that community and also eating disorders and stuff like that. I have the suspicion that much of the reason why it's so niche is because of steroids and the use of anabolics because like in the professional domain of, of bodybuilding you're obligated to use anabolic steroids because if you don't you have no chance whatsoever at the highest level mm -hmm. so you're forced to take drugs um, which is unfortunate i think because you can also do the sport without any drugs and you can still make a lot of progress and achieve a great physique, which is my personal philosophy um, when it comes to training. But yeah, at the professional level, it's really gotten out of control, I think. And this has only started in, I think, over the last 50 years or so, um, or maybe 60 or 70 years, some, somewhere in that range. Before that, anabolic steroids weren't even a thing. I mean, the artificial production of anabolics was only invented back then. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think that um, this is something that kind of needs to change? Yeah, I think it's gotten out of hand and many people see that. And the trend is shifting towards 
okay we don't need this these huge muscle monsters it's not really pleasing to the eye anymore maybe we should cut it back and go back to more aesthetically pleasing physiques that are also more healthy because they don't require that drugs. many drugs yeah yeah or drugs at all yes yeah i mean i think taking certain performance enhancing drugs is in every sport almost um, yeah um you keep hearing things you know oh this athlete took something to help them run faster and um i think it's not just a problem in bodybuilding but i think it's definitely a bigger problem there because the sport is kind of all about being and becoming the biggest and the best yes i agree I think there is no other sport where the use of PhDs, so performance enhancing drugs, is so common. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked enough about the matter of steroid use in bodybuilding and a little bit about the sport, but I would be really interested and I think our audience uh, would be interested as well if you could maybe talk about your type of bodybuilding, so natural bodybuilding, and also kind of what went into um training and dieting and all those kind of things and how it affected your affected your life during the, yeah prepping for the competition yeah of course so like you said i've never taken any performance enhancing drugs it's just not part of my training philosophy and i'm strictly against it because i know how damaging the effects are to one's body um once you start going that route I chose to do all of the bodybuilding drug-free and for my first competition I did a 12-week preparation which was pretty intense and I followed a very strict training and nutrition regimen which I actually designed myself which I can honestly say I'm pretty proud of because most bodybuilders they have a coach who does all their structuring like training plan nutrition plan everything is laid out for them but since i'm so interested in in the science behind it and i spent all this time acquiring the the knowledge i wanted to do this myself and like use myself as a as a test subject and try it out well it obviously worked it <laughs> yeah, I guess it did. I it worked it did. pretty well. So that was definitely nice. But the training plan itself wasn't all too different from the training plan I did before the preparation. I just set the goal for myself that I wanted to kind of keep my strength level at about the same level. And also like the exercises and the repetition range and everything was pretty similar. So the main focus, I guess, during the preparation then is just to keep the muscle mass that you have and the focus is more on dieting then, right? So more on trying to make the muscle that you do have more visible. Yeah, so you do that by applying different strategies. So first, you want to really increase your protein intake to make sure that the chance of losing muscle is not very high because your body is in a calorie deficit. And if you don't provide it with enough energy through nutrition, then it's forced to break down the components of your physique. But then also you have to make sure you're not eating too little 
fats in your diet because it's very important to eat a certain amount of fats to keep your hormonal balance kind of in check in check and the most important thing is to keep yourself satiated because when you drop your calories down where every day you're eating less than you're burning your cravings are out of control sometimes and you have a meal and afterwards you don't really feel full so you try to increase the volume of your food as as much as possible you eat foods that contain very little calories compared to how much space or how, how much volume they take up for yeah. example salad salad takes up a lot of volume and it stretches out your stomach quite a bit if you eat a whole bowl so that's kind of what you need to do in order to prevent yourself from dying out of out of hunger but salads aren't the only thing you can eat during a diet i mean that's a common common misconception it's just i would say the main focus is on just eating things that have a lot of fiber because fiber is essentially what fills you up and a lot of protein of course but maybe we can kind of shift our conversation um to go into what you think are the most important aspects of training and what aspects you would um or tips you would give our audience so i would say one of the most important aspects is definitely consistency if you manage to go to the gym like only twice a week and you do that consistently for months at a time you will see great progress if on the other hand you train for a few weeks and then you stop for a few months and then you pick it up again all of your progress will be gone and you have to start over so i think consistency is definitely one of the main points but other than that there are several factors that that are important the first one i want to go into is recovery because oftentimes people are very motivated to go to the gym first and they're like yes i want to do this from now on i'm going to the gym every day and i'm i'm going to get stronger every day of the week and every week of the month and that's just not going to happen because you have to make sure you're getting enough rest in between trainings especially in the beginning it's really important to not overdo it Mm-hmm. So I would say as a beginner if you go to the gym three times a week and you do that consistently like I said before for the first few months that's perfect and that's more than enough. I see many people walking into the gym the first time and they're telling me yeah I now go to the gym five or six times and I'm thinking hey man are you sure you're getting enough recovery in between because It's like you don't even go to the gym that often. Yeah, I mean <laughs> nowadays I could go to the gym like three times a week and I still make progress and that's that's considering the fact that I've been training for many years now. So when you're just starting off and you have all this potential for newbie gains how you call it because it's very easy to gain muscle in the beginning you will see progress very fast then it's just it's just a waste of time in my opinion to spend so much time in the gym and also it can even be detrimental because you run into these recovery deficits where you all of a sudden not only stop progressing but you're you actually your, your performance re- gets you're regressing worse. Yeah. yes yeah. so 
it can be detrimental to go to the gym too often. So that's why recovery is one of the most important things. Well, something that comes to my mind is that um, people, when they're first starting out, beginners, a common mistake that they make is, um, is that they go for these really complicated, intense plans the instead of focusing on the basics. Because obviously, when you're a beginner, you have no idea about technique, about proper form. And um, yeah, that's something that I see a lot. And um, you don't have to start off that complicated and make it that hard for yourself. You can just start simple and that's more than enough. So yeah. that's something that I've been seeing. I don't know if you feel if right. you that's see the same. The kind of five days per week, one day chest, another day like arms, then separate day for legs and another day for like shoulders and stuff like that. That's what you in, in fitness we call the bro split. Because <laughs> it's it's not based on actual like quality information. It's just kind of what's what a, a gym bro would recommend you to do yeah i mean a split plan can be utilized in a good way but for beginners i wouldn't recommend it uh it's just unnecessarily complicated yeah of course i mean splits in general there are great options for doing training splits but like the bro split is defined by just doing one body part on one day and then having like five or six trainings a week yeah, so more is not always better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so science tells us that training one body part once per week is giving you less muscle hypertrophy than training the same body part twice per week. Also, um, we know that 10 to 20 sets is like the optimal volume for one muscle group. But... 10 to 20 sets per muscle group per week can it sounds like a lot and it is a lot so that kind of might scare people off but it's actually not necessary maybe you can also go into that as well i mean if you go to the lower bound 10 sets is not that much 20 on the other hand it's quite a lot it takes up some time um, if you also have to work or study like we do but the additional benefit that doing 20 sets per muscle group per week gives you compared to 10 sets is actually not that big it's kind of this rule of diminishing returns so if you would do 10 sets per week per muscle group you would get maybe i would guess like 85 to 90 percent of the possible gains compared to when you do 20 sets so you don't have to go to the extreme so are there any other mistakes that you see people do in the gym? Yeah, for sure. One thing I often see is ego lifting. So people come into the gym and they look around and they think, okay, I got to show everyone that I'm the strongest here. And then they walk over to, to the dumbbell rack, pick the heaviest ones, and then then they, they do their, I don't know, maybe two or three repetitions on on the bench press with horrible form where actually the the risk for injury is 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 crazy so yeah that's that's what you see a lot and i always tell people to leave the ego at home <laughs> that's when a good you're going tip. to the gym that's a good tip but it can be hard 
<laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess it can be, yeah. I guess it depends on the type of person you are, but... Uh... But you always have to make this, this risk analysis. Yeah, because for sure. doing very heavy lifts, so with very high intensity, which is uh, yeah always the case when you're going for, let's say, one rep max, where you... Which is more about building strength, right? Yeah, so, so this kind of training is more common in, in powerlifting, yeah. where the focus is on strength. So in bodybuilding, that's not really so common that you see that. But yeah, what I wanted to say, it's always this benefit-risk analysis you have to make based on your goal. If your goal is, is, is on powerlifting, then it can, of course, make sense to do sets with in with very high intensity and, and low reps. But if, on the other hand, you're just trying to get a good physique and or just build get some in muscle, shape or just be healthy <laughs> exactly exactly sorry that's the, the bodybuilder speaking here yeah <laughs> um then you have to think of the risk that that's associated with doing these high intensity sets but then um i guess doing very few repetitions is more recommended for individuals that maybe have been training for a longer period of time and have their technique and their form down because then the risk of injury is also a little yeah, reduced. Absolutely. reduced. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. In powerlifting, technique is, is the most important thing. I would also say that in, in, in the domain of bodybuilding or general fitness, technique you have to master first before you really progress to the, the heavier weights. But especially yeah, in powerlifting, when you do like these one rep max things, then you have to make sure your technique is on point. Yeah. It's crucial. Yeah. Um, so I do want to start wrapping up this episode. So before we end things, maybe you can kind of just give a brief summary about the things we talked about. So what's important for beginners in terms of exercise, diet, and then this is something we didn't talk about, but maybe you can just also briefly touch on the psychological aspect of, yeah, of starting out and staying motivated. Yeah, sure. So as a beginner and just in general, more is not always better. It's enough if you start out going to the gym two or three times a week versus five times a week and sticking to a simpler plan rather than a random plan you found online that's overly complicated. Make sure to focus on getting your form and technique right before drastically increasing the weight for individual exercises. Good form is always better than a possible injury. Remember to give yourself enough time to recover and rest because not doing so can lead to plateaus and sometimes even a regression rather than progress. When it comes to your diet, if you're actually on a diet or not, just focus on eating high amounts of protein and fibrous foods that have a lot of volume to fill up your stomach and keep you full. If you focus on this in combination with drinking enough water, you'll feel great and have more energy for your training. You don't have to become a bodybuilder or powerlifter to be interested in fitness and start going to the gym. Fitness is for everyone and is a great way to keep in shape, increase your overall physical and mental health and live longer. It really all boils down to consistency. If you're consistent, you can be sure to reap at least some benefits and see some progress regardless of the intensity and complexity of your training. Thanks so much. Those are really great tips and summarizes the most important things really well. 
what you just said at, at the end is really valuable and I definitely agree. It's really just about showing up, doing your best, and that's what really matters at the end of the day. So again, thanks for taking the time to come on today and talk to the audience and yeah, just have a nice conversation with me. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Anyways, that's it for today's quick fix on Lena's Quick Fit podcast. Remember, making progress is all about consistency and making mistakes. Learning and progressing takes time, but that's exactly what makes it worthwhile. Next week is the final episode of this short podcast series. I will summarize all the important information covered in the first two episodes and will end the series by giving you some of my personal tips and insights about staying consistent, learning to fail, and developing patience. Until next time, bye! Welcome to episode three, the final episode of Lena's Quick Fit Podcast, the podcast that helps you become your own fitness expert with just one bite-sized episode at a time. I'm your host, Lena, and I'm super excited to guide you in your journey to becoming a healthier, happier, and stronger version of you. This week's episode is a wrap-up episode where I will summarize the most essential information covered in the first two episodes so you always have this one to fall back on in case you forget some of the information we already covered or if you are in desperate need for a quick, effective, and short refresher. Okay, let's get started! again. Are you ready to recap some of the key topics discussed in episode one and two? Well, I am. I really would like to make this final episode into something you go to when you need information. I want the episode to be a way for you to get the answers you need quickly and while having fun. So in episode one, we talked about the importance of how we can separate credible information from false information. One way is to look for sources with a proven track record of expertise, such as certified fitness professionals or trusted medical organizations. It's also helpful to cross-check information across multiple sources um, so we can ensure that what you're reading is accurate and it's backed by science. With so much information available on social media, it's definitely important to fact-check and verify the credibility of the information we come across. In addition to discerning credible information, it's also essential to have a basic understanding of fitness concepts and terminology. Understanding things that we covered in episode one, like sets, reps, load, and break time between sets, can really help you design a workout plan that's effective and safe for your fitness level and for your goals. So to recap, a set in an exercise refers to a group of consecutive repetitions of a particular exercise. For example, if you perform 10 push-ups, rest, then perform another 10 push-ups, that would be considered as two sets of 10 reps each. Directly going into the next concept is a rep. So a rep is short for repetition and refers to the number of times you perform a specific exercise or movement. For example, one rep of a push-up involves lowering your body to the ground and then pushing back up to the starting position. That's considered one rep. Load refers to the amount of weight or resistance used during an exercise. It can be measured in different units, such as pounds or kilograms, or as a percentage of your one rep maximum, which is something that we did not cover in the three episodes. But if you're interested in this, please let me know, and I will be happy to help you out with that one. 
And lastly, break time, which is super important. And I talked a lot about this with David um, in episode two. Anyways, break time between sets refers to the amount of rest you take between sets of an exercise. And the length of the break time can vary depending on the goals of the workout and individual fitness level. So generally, rest periods between sets can range from 30 seconds to several minutes, um, even to five minutes sometimes. Depending on the exercises and the intensity of the workout, your break will be longer or shorter. So now that we've covered the points that stood out the most from episode one, in my opinion, um, let's just jump into episode two. So in episode two, I had my boyfriend David on the show and we discussed some research-based information regarding training and progression and a few other things. Um, Anyways, a few things that I really want you guys to remember from episode two and to take with you is that research has shown that the optimal volume for one muscle group is 10 to 20 sets per week and that training the same body part twice per week results in more hypertrophy, which is muscle growth, than training it once per week. Additionally, going to the gym two to four times a week is more than enough for beginners and giving your body enough recovery time is crucial to avoiding regression instead of making progress. Dave and I also talked about some common mistakes beginners make when going to the gym, um, ego lifting being one of them. So ego lifting is basically lifting, using, doing certain exercise, using a weight that is not doable for you at the moment or barely doable um, and usually doing one to three repetitions with quite poor form. But besides that, eagle lifting can stunt progress and it can cause serious injury, while overly complicated plans and a lack of consistency can also hinder your progress. So instead, it's really important to focus on developing good technique and exercise execution and to prioritize consistency in a healthy diet and lifestyle. With all these things together, you'll be good to go. You'll see progress. You'll feel happy, hopefully have fun in the process. And yeah, be one step closer to becoming your own fitness expert. Another thing we talked about in the interview last week was about some strategies for maintaining a healthy diet and lifestyle. And a few of the strategies included following a high fiber and high protein diet and incorporating light cardio, like walking an hour a day to stay healthy. And um, yeah, if your goal is to lose weight, then potentially to lose weight. But these things are just very important to really also keep your physical health in check in terms of cardiovascular health um, and also your weight, of course. But yeah. We really also emphasize the importance of consistency regardless of the frequency and the potential pitfalls of stopping and starting over again. It's okay. Just make sure to go to the gym once per week. Make sure to walk once per day. Make sure to eat one healthy meal a day instead of, you know, doing that for two weeks, going full in and then stopping for three months and then going in full in for another three weeks because doing the latter will most likely not help you show any progress. It's really better just to take it slow, but be consistent. Finally, before we wrap up this episode, here are just a few last tips that I would like to give you on your way. So staying consistent is key. It's a cliche, but it's true. So whether it's going to the gym or maintaining a healthy diet, it really is key. Consistency is key. Learning to fail and not giving up is important for long-term progress and developing patience and realistic expectations is just crucial for avoiding burnout and injury. So remember that. And one last thing for me, just keep swimming as Marlon from Nemo says, and keep at it. You will get to where you wanna go if you just keep swimming.
Anyways, I hope you found this wrap up helpful and informative and definitely stay tuned for more fitness tips and tricks in future episodes. It was a pleasure. Bye.